What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. The season is over. Tank Commander Gase led us to a whopping 2-14. and In a year that, honestly, we saw it all. The worst start in franchise history at 0-13. We had Dr. Heat dial up cover zero blitzes and prevent defense situations. The Jamal Adams trade, cutting Le'Veon Bell, the whole first round pick and losing situation. It was crazy. So today we have Jared Wright, contributor for the Jet Press, to help us make sense of it all. We have a big offseason coming, big draft picks, big coaching decision. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into all that and, of course, the quarterback situation. Alex, what's for et cetera? What's going on, John? And for et cetera, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs. We didn't get to give our picks for the last week, but it's all good. We're back again to give the picks for this week, all right? And it's just going to keep on keep going on. Oh man, only football. Dude, only three more weekends left of football, so let's just cherish it and uh let's go, man. Let's go, Ricey. Welcome, everyone, to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Just some quick personal news. Sorry we missed you on last week's Jets podcast. I had some uh, family stuff going on. Um, so I'm sorry about that. But we are here. As always, we are joined by Alex Rateros, the Tratocaster, who always just wants results, results, results. Does not give a damn about anyone has to say. Just wants to see wins on paper and stats. Alex, what's up, man? Our favorite time of the, of the season, the off-season, where we just get to speculate for days, and you get super mad about speculation. What's up, dude? Give me fucking results, damn it. I don't want to see shit about goddamn rumors, man. Just tell me what it is, all right? I just need to know. I don't want to... Like, look, if the Jets got a head coach, I don't need this whole lollygagging type of shit. I'm a Knicks fan. I like seeing results, too. So, come on. We, we saw a good 5-3. and three. I understand this is a rebuilding team. Look, there's a lot of angst right now in New York, and especially since I'm, we're watching the Knicks right now, John. We're just we're just deep in it, okay? We're, we had Schwinn on the pod. You, you know how it is, man. We're, 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 we're in our emotions right now. We're New Yorkers. That's how we are. That's how we're built, okay? So... Yeah, man. We are, we are definitely in our emotions right now with the Knicks. We got... We, I am refreshing Twitter every 17 seconds for Jets coaching rumors and Jets everything rumors. We got some Jets guy on Jets Twitter sleeping at the facility. Think, think, things are happening right now. <laughs> but uh, to, to help us get through it, man, we can't get through this alone. We have Jared Wright joining us, uh, a fellow SUNY Albany alum and also contributor for the Jet Press on Fansided. So we are really happy to have him. Jared, what's up, man? Hey, thank you for having me. No problem, Jared. You a? You know? <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, no. You know, Ricey's going to be cringing right now, but it's all right, Ricey. You just have to, you have to deal with it, dude. Eh, Ricey, uh, Ricey likes listening to this type of stuff. You know what, <laughs> you know what could be worse? It could, uh, you know what could be worse? An Ohio State quarterback. Oh, OH, bro. <laughs> OH. <laughs> So, yo, so let's get into it, dude. Yo, the the 2020-21 season, man. What an abysmal year, yo. 2 and 14, the worst the worst record since the Rich Cote era. We had the worst start in franchise history. We were talk half half the year nobody even knew 
whether we should want the Jets to win or not. <laughs> like, it, like we had Jamal Adams trade. We cut Le'Veon Bell. C.J. Mosley opted out. Remember that guy? <laughs> well, he's still on our payroll for over 50 mil. Like, he, he opted out for COVID-19. We fired our coach, like... And then, and that's the first thing I want to start with, because Tank Commander Gaze didn't even make it to Black Monday. He made it to 30 minutes after they made it back to the facility after the Week 17 Jets Patriots game. So I'm going to do something a little bit different. We all, we all have, I'm sure, very similar feelings about Adam Gase. So let's just let's just do something a little different. Alex, I'll start with you. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to. We you have to say something nice about Adam Gase. We're really doing this? That's it, man. We know. We, we all hate Gase. It's all good. We got it. Like, the Dolphins and now this. Like, go get an OC job somewhere. We don't care. Hopefully, it's with the Patriots so we could, like, have to do But anyway, just say something nice about Gase. Anything over the last two years you want to get off your chest? Because I never want to hear that guy's name ever again. He handled the New York media best he could. Oh, God, that he handled the New York media terribly. Jared, what do you got for me? Uh. <laughs> All right. He did cool. his best. <laughs> All right, he did his best. All right. His best. All right, Gase, we got nothing for you, dude. Um, I don't know. Some veterans kind of like you. Like you, you brought us gore. I'll give you that. That was kind of cool. Um, I guess you gave us Demarius Thomas last year, and we got a draft pick. I think for that. I mean, it's whatever. Like it, it, it's it, you were okay. You were a nice little bridge, but you, you ruined Sam Darnold, and we're 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 sitting here now, kind of like we screwed that guy. So like, it, it's really hard to say anything nice about him for that. Um, he's he won eight games with us in two years. Really tough. I'm glad to see him out of the building. Does anyone have any parting words for Adam Gase? Because I never, literally never want to hear his name ever again to do with the, really, to do with the New York Jets. I really hope the Patriots sign him and that offense is abysmal. I, that's what I'm <laughs> praying for. That, okay, cool. Just, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah, what I want, John. That's me too. I, I would really love him to go to New England. I would love that. It'd be, it'd be comical. Like, uh, you know what would be even worse, though, if he does well over there? So I kind of just sorry. don't want him to go to New England <laughs> just because I, I like him. I'm always you know, nervous. But what is that? There were rumors about him and uh, what's the offensive coordinator, uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, for the Patriots. Them maybe like reconnecting and doing something. If anyone remembers the Broncos' tenure with Josh McDaniels, and anyone remembers the Dolphins' tenure, uh, the Jets' tenure recently with Adam Gase, you only know that's going to suck. So I would love to see that just all flames. Yeah, oddly enough, McDaniels hasn't been a hot. He hasn't been a hot coaching candidate. I'm really glad because that the Jets. Because what he did to the Colts, you can't yeah. be to take the job and then be like, nah. Like, but the speculation know. was, the speculation was that he had something lined up. I don't think he does. Any parting words, Jarrett? Any parting words for Adam Gase? He doesn't have to go home. He just has to get up. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. All right. That was beautiful. That was a beautiful ending. Thank you. That thank you. That's why Jared's here. He ha- we need somebody, Alex. We need someone to help us here. We need. Thank someone. you. We need <laughs> to know who's gone through the pain with us. 
You know, Jerry, I wish you were more active on Twitter, man. Because like, we, we all need to know your emotions, man. We all need to know what you're feeling about the Jets. Come on. Just, just Listen, I'm a, season, us, I'm a season ticket holder. If there was one year where I'm very happy I did not have to go to any games, it's this year. Thank God, man. Thank God. And, yo, now that I know that, we're, I'll definitely be seeing you in the parking lot next year. Oh, That'll definitely. be fun. Okay, cool. That, that, that's, a, that's a solid. But, you know, at, at one of one of the biggest roller coasters we had this year, because obviously watching the games was not fun. Sunday, one o'clock, or it just it was not never a fun time. We really never looked forward to it this year after the first half of the first game. So what, we, what, what was crazy, the biggest roller coaster we had was Mr. 33, Jamal Adams, our sixth pick. I mean, what a roller coaster we had with this guy, man. Coming into the season, he was literally our our king. Like literally like our guy, like let's give him all of our money. And that was pretty much the same narrative until halfway through the season when it all just exploded for whatever reason, doesn't matter. We we've talked about it, you know, to the death. And we were all kind of pissed off, and Jamal Adams broke the sack record for Seattle, right, this year. And we all knew the Jets got a haul, and we'll get into the haul later. Because Jamal Adams saved this franchise, dude. He saved this franchise. We were about to max out a safety and have no draft picks. And instead, we're sitting here and we could now actually have the conversation about Sam Darnold and what quarterback we want and all this leverage because we have six picks in the first hundred. We have three picks in the first 50, and that's all thanks to Jamal Adams. We have an extra first round next year from Seattle that we could just dangle around. Hey, we want your guy. We had this extra first round pick next year. Just take it. We don't even care. Like, like, thank God for Jamal Adams, man. Thank God for Jamal Adams. Yeah, man. Jamal Adams, you know, how sad is it that that's probably the most excitement that we got this year as Jets fans as just the Jamal Adams drama? Just like actually wondering if we're going to pay him, wondering if he's going to stay or we're going to trade him. The fact that we had the Manish Mehta piece, which even actually that's the biggest highlight. We lost Manish Mehta as a Jets beat writer. That is the hot. Thank you, Adam Gase, for that. That is, that's what I can't say, all right? So we got that. There's how, how is it that everything off the field was more exciting than the Jets season in total? How is that? I, I don't get it. But, you know, the, the good thing is that we have a lot of draft picks moving forward. We have, some, we have Jamal Adams, who the Seahawks are now out of it, didn't really add a lot of uh, value to that defense. Um I still think he can get better, even though, yes, I know they spurned by he spurned the Jets. I get it. I still think he can get better as a safety. But, man, we got a better draft pick from Seattle now because they didn't go far in the playoffs. And, you know, we're sitting, we're sitting high with a lot of draft picks. So we have a lot of options our way, and we can move forward in different directions, either keeping Sam Darnold or drafting a quarterback this year if Joe Douglas believes in someone that he likes and – you know, whoever our next head coach is, which we'll talk later in this podcast. So the Jets are in a, in a strong position. We got a GM that knows how to draft because, let's be real, our draft picks this year were very successful. You got Becton, Mims, Ashton Davis. Look, we had a lot of guys who just started to show out this year. It was it was good. From the first four rounds, we actually had a lot going on. So, so John, you were talking about uh, 
Brandon Mann. I should mention Brandon Mann. Is, is this oh, man. Oh, yeah, Alex. How, how are you going to talk about this year's draft without mentioning Brandon Mann, our, arguably our best player on the whole team, who made that game-saving tackle that he got so much heat for, which really pissed me off. Um, I, I, I got to give it to you because you did call that at the beginning of the season. So, yes, that is probably our, one of our top draft picks, too. Like, <laughs> the fact that we even got, like, a good punter who say I know, everyone was just, like, so upset. It's like, this is the whole part of the tank. What are you doing? Let him go. It's like, dude, they're playing to win. Like, it's, it, it, they're, they're professional players. Like, what the hell is happening over here? People gave Becton heat for the same thing, too. It's his first win. Like, you know, give, give the kids a break. He was hyped, dude. He was going nuts. Uh, he was like yelling and screaming. Everyone's like, oh, wh- why does he want to win? It's so silly. Like, if you were, I get it. Trevor Lawrence was right there. But in, in that moment, if you're not rooting for the Jets to win, like, I just, I don't, I don't know what to say to you. Like, I really have no words for you. It's just really weird, man. I, like, I get the whole, I get the whole tanking philosophy, but we need more than just a quarterback on this team. And we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah, man. So, it's it's just interesting how uh, Jamal Adams like has now put us in this position. The guy that has been the hated player from the New York Jets has now set up the New York Jets for what seems to be a uh, a prosperous uh, return uh, in draft in draft in like draft capital because Joe Douglas knows how to draft. So yeah, that that that, that wraps it up for that. That's all I had to say. Yeah, Jared, let me ask you, what would, what would be what would be happening if you were at MetLife or you were in the parking lot and we're literally watching them win a ball game, you know, that you know during those times and we're rooting against them. Like what are you doing there? Like how how are you reacting to the fans next to you or personally how are you going to be reacting to the game itself? I got to tell you, for as much money as we're paying, I'd probably be jumping up and down, cheering for them to win in the moment. <laughs> like, hey, you have to, dude. You have to. Yeah. And honestly, if someone was like yelling at you there, like we, they, they, like you'd be like, you're the dumbest person on the earth right now. You came, you paid money to watch this Jets game and you're rooting for them to lose. Like you're just, it's, it's I know like it's for the better for later, but come on, dude. Like it just. It would be the most Jets fan thing ever if, you know, we, we were all in MetLife and then they won a game and everybody just starts raining booze down. Exactly. Oh, you know, exactly. And that's why I'm so thankful. I, I I said it so many times this year. I am so thankful for that because we would have been booing the, like, you think, you think, like, it's so nice that we could blame Adam Gase and say Adam Gase ruined Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold's at MetLife doing what, if, if fans were at MetLife, we would have booed Sam Darnold to absolute hell. Like, like, it would have been completely our fault. Like, he wouldn't be able to, like, hear from the booth. This would have been, like, that whole, and just to, like, to to relate it, it would have been the whole, like, uh, DSJ and MSG last year when he was just crap in the bed and everyone was just rooting for Frank Nillicated to get on the court. It's, it's It would be doing the same thing to Sam Darnold at MetLife. And you can't, like, I get that, like, as fans, like, we're in the moment, we want to win, we want to see a good product on the field or on the court, wherever you're watching a game whatever sport it may be, but they're people too. Okay. Like, and they go through struggles. They, they have their issues. Like we got to be a little more relaxed out there. Right. We got to be a little more relaxed, but we are Jets fans. We haven't seen anything good f- since what the Sanchez, right? Like anything like something. Remote. Honestly, since the brick and since the brick and mangled, 
Yeah. Yeah. I miss those guys. <laughs> Happy birthday to Mangold, though. Happy birthday. <laughs> Shout out to you. Um, yeah, but like you said, you said it perfectly, man. You said it absolutely perfectly. Sam Darnold is a person, too. But my question for Jarrett is, is he our quarterback? Is he our starting quarterback next year? What do we got, Jared? I, I think he should be. Whether he is, I still think it's too early to say. I, you know, I, I read this. I read a statistic a few weeks ago. I forgot who. It might have been Rich Samini that Sam Darnold, at, at the time of the writing, had 17 or 18 different receivers. Of those, two of them were 1,000-yard receivers, and I think they were – Terrell Pryor and Demarius Thomas. So he, he hasn't had a lot of help. I'd love to see what Darnold would do. And I would love to see what Darnold would do if they drafted Jamar Chase and then Pat Fryermuth and, you know, got Wyatt Davis in there. I would love to see him with some help like that. You're speaking, John. Yeah, you just triggered me. You just, yeah, but you just triggered me so hard by saying Wyatt Davis because Wyatt Davis has been my absolute love and watching him get hurt in that championship game like hurt my absolute soul. He was supposed to be my right guard. He was literally supposed to be my Seattle Seahawks right guard. And, uh, and oh, I, I don't know anymore. I don't know what's going to happen with that injury. But yeah, getting back, getting, getting back to the topic with, with uh, Mr. Darnold, I agree with you. He definitely deserves to get the chance um, for next year. However, you don't want to pick up the option. I mean, you know, don't pick up the option, I guess. But, you know, we have one year of him, you know, without having to pay him. I guess it's easier said than done, obviously. But I guess put the tag on him, you know, the following year. You, 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 you want, you, I agree because like it's not just about the wide receivers, man. That, that, like that, that's what that's what I was trying to get at. It's not just about the wide receivers, like you said. He's never had a quarterback coach, like li- like right. literally, like a literal quarterback. He's never actually had a tangent. Not like he's been a bad quarterback coach, and I'm like being sure. a jerk. Like it, oh, he's never had a head coach because like obviously he's had. He's like actually never physically had a quarterbacks coach in the NFL, which is insane. And he's also had bad head coaches. Like, and on top of the wide receiver stuff that you mentioned, it's just insane to, like, have a full evaluate on a quarterback that we have decided is our franchise at some point or another without him allowing to fall Yeah, not giving Sam Darnold the chance to even call an audible to really, like, have a full grasp of the offense is just... It's wild, you know. It's difficult to even give a full evaluation when you don't even have a guy who could be a quarterback. Like you're not even given the chance to be a quarterback. You're not given a chance to make a read on the defense and make that like to get the grasp and like understanding of like okay, safety's moving up, safety's moving back. Why the D line is shifting left or right, or just like who's coming up and who's faking a blitz? He's not even getting a chance to do that. What if we had to watch this last season? Is just. Uh, freaking Sam Darnold have every call pre pre chosen for him by by freaking uh, Adam Gase, and it was just a freaking nightmare. So, you know what the sad thing is too that I think 
they're going to, I think they're going to end up picking a quarterback somewhere in the, they're going to pick a quarterback somewhere in the draft. I think personally in the mid rounds, you know, if they don't get one of these top guys, they will go quarterback somewhere. Like, you know, maybe they'll pick Spencer Sanders or something like that. And, you know, the first time Darnold throws an interception, everybody's going to be clamoring for whoever this like, fourth through seventh round quarterback is to get on the field. And then, you know, we're back, you know, that we're circle. Back, yeah. We're back in that same circle. We remember, I remember, uh, Petty. I remember Bryce Petty. I remember freaking, uh, what's his name? Who was that Alabama quarterback that we had? Greg McElroy. Um, oh my God. Greg McElroy. That was the other one. It was like, oh, Greg McElroy. He's our savior. I was at the game. It was against the Cardinals. I remember. I this. was there too. <laughs> the whole crowd was chanting, McElroy, McElroy. And I, I would. I was like, um, this is this is what we're doing now. Yo, I was there too. I was there. I was at that <laughs> game too. And then I went to the following game to go watch him play the Chargers. And that was just oh my God. Yep. It, like I get it. Like I get it. We we don't we've not had a quarterback in such a long time, but it's And we're go, we're gonna go up. through this cycle. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we're you know, we're gonna go we're gonna keep going through this cycle where if Darnold isn't the answer, we're going to go through another quarterback. You know, we'll, we'll, we're going to be here and if we, we're going to be here and f- for Bryce Young and then Arch Manning and then whoever the flavor of the month is in 2028, and, you know, without getting that receiver, some, with, without getting that quarterback, some adequate protection, some help. <laughs> it's, you know. Dude, and that's, and that's it. Like, we haven't been able to give Sam Darnold a, a true, like, evaluation. We haven't ha- given him a line, we haven't given him a wide receiver. What are we giving him as weapons to work with? I get that good court. I get that, you know, a good quarterback will, will make everybody better. And, you know, I was one of the first people, you know, when the Jets had their run in 2009 and 2010, I was one of the first people who were saying that the Jets weren't helping out Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez had 10 times the help. That any quarter any quarterback has had since him, since he's you know been with the Jets, and yet I just they don't get it, and I don't I don't know what I don't I don't know what it is. Dude, I, I'll say this: if Sam Darnold was on that Jets team, we win a Super Bowl that year. I agree. You know, like it, he's way better than Mark Sanchez, in my opinion, like easily, easily. He could throw the deep ball way better than Sanchez, and he's more accurate than Sanchez mm-hmm. is too. Okay. Sanchez was a 50% passer. Darnold is at least more than 50% from what we've seen. And can even get close to 60. And I think he even topped at 62. I think it was last season. But that's neither here or there. Like we like, and that was my I'll I'll agree with you, Jared. Like when we had Sanchez, like my biggest complaint was that, you know, we had we gave him Braylon Edwards, we gave him Jericho Cotri, we had Dustin Keller, we had all these wide receivers. San Antonio Holmes. San Antonio Holmes. We gave we had all these weapons for him. You know, when he went, when they went back to back that second year too, right? Like, that offensive great, line too was great. You know, that offensive line, like <laughs> Alan Falica, you had uh, freaking uh, DeBrickashaw, you had Mangold, you had, Brandon Moore, Damian Woody. Oh my God, Damian Woody. Yeah, we had a solid O line. We had Thomas Jones, and then we got LT. Sean Green actually looked like a legit running back his first year on the team. It was wild, wild team. Wild team, and but my biggest complaint was that we we gutted the wide receiver core. We let go of Kachi, let go of Braylon Edwards, and we brought in a Plaxico Burrs, and then we that was coming in off shooting his leg, 
right? Hasn't played in a year. <laughs> like, no, it's like, let's be real. Like, he yeah. himself, and he's, he was not moving at the same speed that he was. And then we brought in Derek Mason, who was, like, ready to retire. So we didn't give him, give, give him consistency at the skilled positions. That was an issue for Sanchez. And we're seeing that now, like, again. We even we didn't we haven't given Durham anything. Like what we even re-signed Robbie Anderson. And like I we can talk we can like, That was a mistake. We can go back and forth on like, oh, was Robbie really that important or whatnot? But the, the fact of the matter is that we didn't give we didn't bring back a receiver that he knew, right? Two years he had, Robbie Anderson, and we're like, no. We we, we decided to penny pinch. And that was just the, the, the foolish mistake I've ever seen from Douglas out of all the good things that he has done. For this team, right? Free agency was is like a, is, is a mixed bag. Drafting is really good, but well, let me ask you: uh, Do you think the Jets should go after Juju this offseason? He's got that continuity with Darnold. They had that chemistry at USC, and he was looking to move on from Pittsburgh. You know, you got to bring in talent, right? So I would say bring in talent. Uh, you got to give him some talent. I don't know. Juju didn't really have like that type of the year. That type of year that. We're accustomed to him really seeing like a week in, week in. There are other free agent receivers available too. Juju, I just thought of because he he was somebody who grew with Darnold early on. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Juju. I wouldn't be upset with him. I wouldn't be. I, I probably would be super ecstatic. I'm not even going to lie to myself. If I see that, <laughs> if I see that ticker come through saying Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm probably. My, my head's going through the roof, through the ceiling. We'll be seeing my upstairs neighbor be like, yo, we got Juju Smith-Schuster. They'll be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't I don't know if I'm on board with Juju. That's kind of tough uh, for me. I would definitely rather overpay for Allen Robinson or Galladay, personally. Uh, Juju's just too much of – yeah, Juju's just too much of a headache. Uh, I don't know. The Steelers' locker room didn't really love him. We're kind of going for locker room guys at this point. Um, he really got outshined by his wide receivers, if we're being honest with you. So is he – I know last year he was a number one and stuff, um, but they also had Big Ben. I don't know. I'm not really sold on Juju. I really don't want him to be our number one. Of course, if he comes to our team, I'm going to be happy. Uh, but I would definitely rather have Allen Robinson or Galladay. But we seem to – go ahead. Oh yeah, dude, he's a he's a, he's a game changer. Oh, he he's a, the Lions are a completely different team with him on the field and with him off the field. It's not even the same. Matt Stafford's literally not the same with him on and off the field. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. But where are you going? Go on. What were you going to say, John? So I mean, I, I think we all agree that we want Sam Darnold, and he we think he deserves a second chance. But I mean, let's 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 be real, dude. We have the second pick in the draft. I mean, by week 14, we're all dying here. We want to lose because we want Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Sam Donald's not there anymore, right? So we lost Sam, We lost Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, presumably at number one. Really interesting. Everybody was talking about how Trevor Lawrence should opt out to stay away from the Jets and how the Jacksonville Jaguars are, 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 are going to be amazing now and how they're in such a good position. Everybody talking about how the Chargers – are one of the high, highest, you know, touted spots. Yet the Jets are the ones getting second interviews with a lot of the most uh, Arthur was it Arthur Smith and and dinner tonight Robert yeah. Salah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, the, for for a team that quarterback should uh, forego 
fifty million dollars a year for. Uh, we, we seem to be doing pretty good. But the the question for you guys is, what are we doing with that number two? Like, are are we? If we stay at number two, let's just stay at number two. And if so, which one is it? I don't think it's that hard. I think it has to be Justin Fields. But who who is it? If if they're going, if they're if they stay at number two and pick a quarterback, it's got to be Justin Fields. But I really hope they don't stay at number two. I want them to trade out of that pick. If 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 I'm the GM, I really want to trade out of that pick. Yeah, I I agree. I think you gotta go Justin Fields. Uh, based on what you've seen from him in college, right? I know people like uh, the Mormon Mahomes, uh, but I'm not You love that nickname. It That's is, great. I haven't heard that. <laughs> it is. I just don't. My God. We, there hasn't been a good BYU. I mean, between both these colleges, there hasn't been a good quarterback. Like, we haven't seen one since Steve Young from BYU. And I, I can't even remember. Is there even one in the history of Ohio State that's had a good uh, quarterback? Rice, I'm sorry again. Yeah, bro. Dwayne Haskins. True. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so number two, obviously, we'd have to go Justin Fields for a quarterback. And we think we all want to – we all agree to trade down. Yeah. Just really quick, I do think that the best quarterback in this draft is going to be Trey Lance. But that's that, that, that's the quarterback from North Dakota State. But that's for a different story. So the two scenarios that came out this week uh, regarding the Jets and quote-unquote rumors were from Todd McShay, who is really close to Joe Douglas, and from Colin Coward, who always seems to talk about how he's connected with the Jets. The guy, <laughs> Jared's shaking his head. He's not happy. But l- listen, man, if there's been one proponent of Sam Darnold in the media, it has been Colin Coward. He loves Sam Darnold, and he really loves the Jets. Honestly, like he really does. But anyway, Todd McShay has – so we all know about the um, the common draft value that's given um, a numerical value per draft pick that I think was made famous by Jimmy Johnson, um, who's a sportscaster on Fox right now, but he was, of, of course, made famous, uh, the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and so th- they really make trades off that system unless there's a quarterback involved. And that's like the RG3 trade. But anyway, value-wise, our number two pick would be worth, numerically, the Atlanta Falcons' number four pick, their second-round pick this year, and their third-round pick. That would be the numerical value. That's a trade-down scenario where, honestly, we're keeping Sam Darnold. Colin Coward also has us keeping Sam Darnold, but moving back with San Francisco. Also getting a little bit of a haul there, a little bit less. I'm wondering, is there a... um, Of course, we all want to trade down and all all that sounds good. Is there a a particular threshold for you guys that you don't want to trade down out of? Like, do you still want top five? That's Atlanta. You know what I mean? Do you... Are you okay with, you know, staying the top 10? Because, like... Once you really get out of the top five, top 10, you really are... You're getting out of the... Jamar Chase, like you met, like you mentioned, Jared. You know, we're getting out of the the the, the Sewell, like the the really really top guys. You it know what I mean? It depends on the board. It depends on the board at the time. 
you know, these deals really don't get finalized until... Well, the board is going to be just... Well, honestly, the Jets are on the clock. Trevor Lawrence is first. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Jets are on the clock right now. So I guess I guess with those two scenarios, um, if I'm throwing those at you, because, I mean, that's what the media gave us right right now, so we're not even making anything up. Yeah. Uh, where, where, where would you go there? I wouldn't... I saw the, I saw the discussions with Atlanta and also... You you guys know as well as I do that the whole um, the whole trade value chart gets thrown out the window when there's a quarterback somebody wants. So the Jets could probably get a haul. It 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 depends what somebody's offering. To answer your question, it 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 depends what somebody's offering. But if somebody wants to move up to two from you know the bottom half of the top ten. You, you got to see what they're offering because <laughs> it's it's got to be a lot. It's got to be a boatload. Yeah, I mean, there there, there are some quarterback hungry teams uh, within the top 10, right? Like Carolina, there's San Francisco, even Washington, right? Like there are some teams that that D- Detroit is right there. They all all these guys might want Justin Fields, like you said. And when there's a quarterback like we saw with RG3, like the, uh, you know, we saw with Sam Darnold. <laughs> you know what I mean? And with Josh Allen, like all these, all these teams traded up for these guys. Thing, things are different, and the, the 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 draft value does change. For me, man, I would really love to slow play down the ladder. I really would love to get the like that Todd McShay. I don't know if he's like trying to push some agenda from his boy Joe Douglas. You know what I mean? Like, yo, get this out there for me, dude. Like, I really want this trade. But yo, moving down. Just just skip, like, you know, basically handing Justin Fields off to the Falcons, skipping right behind Houston, uh, right behind um, Houston slash Miami pick and picking right there. I mean, that would be unreal. And especially if we have the second and third round, that would be crazy. Especially because, yeah, man, especially because, dude, now that we mentioned Houston and you were talking about Hall, Alex can't stand me anymore at this point because I can't stop mentioning it. In our, in our in our group text, but oh my goodness, if we're not calling Houston to get Deshaun Watson every five minutes, like every five minutes, Joe Douglas should be shooting it out a text to Houston saying, "What is it going to take? What is it going to take to get Deshaun Watson to my team?" Because Houston Texans, I know that sounds insane to you guys, right? Everyone's like, "Why would why would Houston trade Deshaun Watson?" Makes no sense. They have no first round pick or second round pick this year. They have no coach. They just got a GM and they're about to start paying. Like literally their extension is about to start for Deshaun Watson and he's about to get over $38 million a year ascending contract starting this year. And he hates the team. He won't talk to them because they wouldn't even interview Eric B on uh, the OC from the uh, city until he made a fuss about it. So, Jared, I'm insane. Talk me off the ledge here because I know Alex cannot stand me talking about Deshaun Watson. And then after Alex, I do want to hear your thoughts on Atlanta versus San Francisco. And I don't want to hear your thoughts about Deshaun Watson because you've been yelling at me about it all week. <laughs> I was waiting for this to get brought up. You know, uh, do I, I have an ally? I was waiting for this with bated breath. I, as much as I've been talking so far about, you know, getting Donald the help, you know, 
if you have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you got to get Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I just, but, but, you know, you run into the same, you run into the same cycle that I was talking about before where, you know, if you give up a boatload of picks to get somebody like Watson, you know, and you don't build around him, we're just, we're doing the same dance again, except we're, except the Jets are now paying a lot more money to do the same dance. So um, I, I wouldn't mind it, depend, you know, I would see what the Jets would give up, but I really wouldn't mind it, but how do you build around them? These are all these are all true facts, and I'll say this: I agree with John that JD should probably be sending texts to uh, Houston, like, "You up? Sup? You up? Sup?" Yeah, I think yo, how's Deshaun? What's Deshaun? Yeah, what's Deshaun up to? How's Deshaun? Is he still mad at you? Yeah, does he look good in this? Does he look good in this uniform? I think he does. Yeah, and I'd be I'd be sending them I'd be sending them hype, literally hype tapes of of Sam Darnold, like literally every hour on the hour, just just like Sam Darnold porn all day. Oh my God, JD would be like, "Yo, can I take a sniff?" Can, can, can yeah, just like all day, like his rollouts, those like those edge passes to the to the corner of the end zone, like. Honestly, as long as he doesn't in the, uh, throw like the turnovers, he, he looks pretty fantastic. So do, you could cut up that tape. You could do some edits. Uh, Rice would be able to do those edits if we asked him to. Did you guys see the three potential trade packages article SNY came out with? I have not. We have not seen it yet. No. What were the three trade packages? The first one. The first one is the Jets send both 2021 first round picks a 2021 first round pick and a 2022 third round pick. Okay. The second one is the Jets send the number two overall pick this year, a um, a second round pick in this year, Seattle's 2022 first round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. And the, the third package, <laughs> you'll love this one. The Jets would send Darnold, the number two overall pick this year, and Seattle's first next year for Watson. The last one is actually the closest to scenario, which I actually don't mind. The the, the la- because here's the thing, right? Like, let's be realistic. You're gonna have to put on an offer for. First of all, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause, so he has to agree to come to the Jets. Number one, and number two, you you have to really make a, a, an enticing deal for Houston. So if you give them Darnold, Seattle's late the, the late the the twenty third pick from Seattle this year, and either a third rounder or you know maybe next year's uh, Seattle right to swap or something like that. I mean. Who's going to do better than that for Deshaun Watson? I, I, I know he's amazing, but that who's going to pay for that contract? Seriously, like I, I, if he doesn't want to play for them and he has a no-trade clause that's going to really hamper their negotiations, I, I really think that Houston's going to be backed up into a corner. He's also He would also consider a trade to Miami, too, which, which kind of yeah, sucks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. 
If they take Tua over Sam Darnold, if they take Tua over Sam Darnold, then truly the Houston Texans are the worst franchise in the NFL. Right. Um, Well, well, you were saying because of his no trade clause. So I don't know he he if he'd accepted to Miami, but not accepted to the Jets, then you know we're kind of back into a corner. Those Florida taxes are pretty are pretty uh, similar to Texas. (laughs) So my thing between I think. I like the last trade, obviously, because we give up Darnold and we only give up two picks. But I think the most realistic one is probably the first one where we have to give up the two 2021s. I think that's, I think Houston, like, I get why they would want Darnold. I could could see why they would take Darnold in return and see what they can salvage out of him. But they would also have to know, like, what draft class, like, what's coming out of the next draft class, too. I feel like that's. That's really what it comes. To. I don't know who the next, like, what the quarterback class is for next year. If the quarterback class is good for next year, maybe they just want a draft pick because who knows where uh, we and the Hawks will like land up, land next year in the draft order. And because taking on Darnold, you're getting one, and then as Jared mentioned, you would have to maybe franchise tag him, maybe two years, just to see what you get is not necessarily worth it. Maybe you get someone on that rookie deal still and. Just try to mold them to whatever you have just because you're still a rebuilding team. Who knows? They both are probably the the best. They're both definitely out of the three, the best routes to go. But uh, I I don't know which one I would lean. I I really have to sleep on that one, honestly. It's not that I'm like hesitant to give up Darnold. It's what do I think is... What, what, what do I think is realistic and what should we actually do? Because you could also, if you do the first one, right? Say if you give up only three picks at 220 21s, right? You could also flip Darnold to another team and try to get something in return. So you could still try to get more capital. That's another You would way have to. Yeah. So that's another way you could do it. And I, I wouldn't be upset with that either. You know, we could always feed our, uh, uh, we, we are the feeder team for the Indianapolis Colts, as John always says. So we can always get Darnold <laughs> over to the Colts and just help them. We, 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 we raised him for you, man. Now you can try to do the rest of the work. It's okay. We're, we're literally their bank. We just we give them draft picks, quarterback, anything they need. We got you guys. You may get lucky, and depending on how the board goes, uh, you may get lucky and get you know a first, a late first, or an early second for Darnold because it'll come down to you know would a team want Mac Jones or Sam Darnold or mm. you know. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely possible. And there's a lot of it's a lot of honestly regarding the number two pick. That's why I see Atlanta like really pouncing. And that's why I really like that Todd McShay trade because Atlanta is really they're stuck with Matt Ryan, dude. They're in cap hell and they're stuck with Matt Ryan. And if Matt Ryan sucks, like, what are you going to do? Like you have Julio Jones who's stuck there, too. Like you literally cannot get rid of them due to to how their contract is, is set up. You know, for for your dead cap. So, if trading, you know, if trading the second and third rounder this year gets you uh, an insurance for Matt Ryan, I cannot see how Atlanta says no to that. So, who, who would who would Atlanta want? Who who do you think Atlanta wants? Justin Fields. Okay, so if they want Justin Fields, I'm looking at a mock draft right now from Tankathon. Mm-hmm. They have obviously Trevor Lawrence going first. They have the Jets taking Zach Wilson. Insanity. We end up with the Mormon Mahomes. Then they got Devonta Smith, and then you got Justin Fields somehow falling to four. Okay, that, yeah, we can't. We we honestly cannot use this mock draft because there's no way Devonta Smith is going in front of Chase. It's just we, this is not a. We can't. 
and Zach Wilson's not going in front of Fields. Like I, I, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for mock drafts right now. I'm not ready for mock drafts. That's unreal. Jo- jo- John's angry. No, this is not the way I thought about it. And <laughs> there's no way. This might be a draft like we don't even know if we're going to have a combine this year, too, which throws it even more in flux. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. Remember how crazy the NBA uh, draft was because of uh, the lack of offseason as well. Right. Yeah, that's very true. No one saw uh, what's his name? Uh, Pat Williams going number four to the Chicago Bulls. That was. Yeah, we haven't seen Chase since Burrow played. That's very true. And that's why he's going to be a beast. That's why you, that's why we all, we all forgot about him. Put in Devontae Smith. Okay. Devontae Smith is good. There's no, if he goes in front of a chase, I'm telling you right now, that would be a ridiculous, that would be ridiculous. And also Zach Wilson going in front of Justin Fields would, would be a huge, um, upset as well. Even though I think that Zach Wilson might be better in the NFL, but I think that it would be a huge upset if uh, Zach Wilson went in front of him. Okay, I got a question for you now. This past draft, and just just throwing out like how we, we we don't really know because teams have their own like mocks, what they who they like, who they interview, who they feel like fits their culture and whatnot. Who was the wide receiver that everyone thought should go above everybody else last year's draft? I was it Judy? Or was it Rugs? They're all the, the. I mean, Judy Rugs and um, and CD Lamb were like really like the, the trio together. I think it was CD Lamb that was like expected to be the first wide receiver taken off the board, and he dropped all the way down to Dallas. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's all I'm saying is that. So we don't really know what teams want. Teams make stupid. I mean, I mean, they're more like they're more like Rugs and Judy, honestly. Uh, Chase and Smith this year. And if you go, if you want to go lower down in the first round, everybody thought the Eagles were going to take Jefferson, but they took Rieger. That's true. That's true. But yo, Jefferson was a great was a great pick. I know. Yeah. So that's a good point, Alex. The the the, the receiver the receivers do always fall. Um, I can't see the Jets taking a wide receiver uh, up high, unless we keep dropping, dude. Unless we keep like like ladder climbing, like down to four, and then you know someone trades up for that, and we keep yeah, for, la- sure. La- for sure. They had Jamar Chase, by the way, going to uh, the Eagles at number six, which is very interesting on this mock. Um, and they had if the Jets though, no, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. And then they have uh, Sewell going five to the Bengals. So I, I, I'm not saying this is like gospel. Don't take it as gospel. I mean, they also had uh, Tyrese Halliburton going in the top eight uh, uh, to the Knicks, by the way, uh, for NBA on Tankathon. So I'm not saying to take it as gospel, but give me an idea what people are thinking out there. You know, and we don't we don't truly know. That's all. That's all I want to point out there. You know, if the Jets hold off on getting. If you know, if they, if they pick a receiver later on with the number twenty three, I I've been beating the Rashad Bateman drum for the last like twelve to twelve to sixteen. Months. Uh, okay, they actually have him going twenty two to the Titans on this mock, but uh, just one for the the Jets. But I'll say I'll say this because John asked me this question on whether I like the uh, Falcons or the forty nine. The forty niners was the other the other option, right? So my thing is that. If you can get that great haul for Atlanta, absolutely. I don't even. I don't know if Atlanta would even do that. Like, I feel like they can get another quarterback. I don't know who. Like, if they really want Fields, I can see it. 
I would hope they do a Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears type trade, just like trade up two spots to just take fields. Like uh, it wouldn't even be, it wouldn't even be a, it wouldn't honestly it would be way less than Chicago because you're really not giving up anything. You're just giving up a second and a third rounder. Mm-hmm. You know, Chicago gave up multiple firsts. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 true, 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 true. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like in the idea of just like moving up because you just need them uh, so much. Like if they want to do that, by all means, go for it, and then we can take whoever we want it for that because we're still in the top five. Still a good draft position. For your Niners, you drop all the way down to 12, which isn't too bad. Like in this draft, I, I feel like they have the quarterbacks. They have they have Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and Lance all going within the top eight in this mock. And I'm just using this. So that could be how it plays out. Who knows? Um, I know. I know. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. There's no way those eight are getting drafted. There's no – there's just – yeah. We gotta use better. We'll, 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 we'll get to it as like when the when the better like uh, who who declares for the draft has to come out. You know what I'm saying? If there's a combine, like Jared mentioned, also all the, you know the teams have to just solidify kind of who their coaches are gonna be. That's gonna have a, a you know a big deal. Who who are we gonna draft? For sure, for sure. And uh, the last one I'll say, Mac Jones, your boy. Uh, this this mock draft, and this is probably where. John gets ready to burn this thing alive, goes to the New England Patriots. Uh, I mean, that's correct. That's going to happen. <laughs> I've been saying that, actually. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, that, 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 they got that one right. Mac Jones is going to be a pat. <laughs> I've been saying that for days. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I guess we could – do you got anything more on this? Because I, I just gave you how I feel. I feel like we should go with the Atlanta over the 49. I, I feel like it's, just, it's, just not, it's not a big difference. Obviously, Atlanta, if you want to be in the top five, you want to solidify who you want. I feel like if you want to get good value, yes, the 49ers would have to give up more just to make that big of a jump. Mm-hmm. But you should always want to get your guy. You know, This is not something you want to take a gamble on and get the second guy. You want to take the guy that you're more comfortable with. So if you want to stay in the top five and solidify who you got, do it that way. That's how I always feel. Yeah. Anything to add, Jared, on the, on the draft uh, before we uh, move on to head coach? No, I think we uh, I think we got it all covered. All right, cool, cool. All right, so I guess we saved the best for last. Why we've all been anxious all day today? Oh, we're about to we're about to select uh, the captain of the ship to rule the Jets and make us miserable or ecstatic for the next uh, couple years. We all know that the Johnsons don't fire mid season, so we're about to get a guy for at least at least two three years coming through. The one difference is this year is that we're not using a firm to hire a head coach. We're actually using someone who knows about football. His name is Joe Douglas. We're using him. He's the one that's going to choose who our new head coaches. We have Robert Salah, the Lebanese king, <laughs> the defensive coordinator from uh, San Francisco, who has been highly touted. We had him in for two interviews He's um he's on his way to Philly right now for an interview. So we have that happening. We have Arthur Smith coming in, I believe, for a second interview. We have we have we we have, we have some guys, we have Doug Peterson rumors, we have Marvin Lewis interviews, we have guys everywhere. The only guy that's actually out who was rumored, um, who was one of my top guys actually was Matt Campbell, uh the head coach for Iowa State refuses <laughs> Jared to uh he refuses to 
<laughs> take an interview with us of two consecutive head coaching searches. So <laughs> Matt Campbell's out. But other than that, it looks like it's pretty wide open. Everybody wants us to get Salah. He looks like he's the the front runner. Alex, what you got for me, man? What you got for head coach, dude? So I like Salah. Um, I would like Benemy, uh, and I would also like uh, Arthur uh, from the Titans. Those are my top three candidates. One of the either one of those three, I'd be happy with. Salah, I know, has got a lot of uh, is a rough front runner because he brings a lot of energy. He has like that it factor, as uh, my boy Steve in my Jets uh, group chat. Uh, can't wait to go back to Jets games because that was like a tradition, as John knows. Like John has his boys. We got our boys where we go to Jets games uh, uh, in different states to go watch him play. Um, so any one of those three guys would work for me. I don't. I'm not looking for anything like offensive coordinator or. Or defensive coordinator it doesn't have to be anything specific. I just want a coach who understands the game, who understands how to be a head coach, and just knows how to galvanize the troops and gets them to play, man. And I think, I think what people like about Salah is that he brings a lot of energy. You know what I mean? It's like that same type of energy that, uh, not the same, but it brings that type of energy like Rex Ryan had, where it's just you just rile up the troops, you're ready to go. Someone that gives you that fire, that passion to get on the field every single day, every single Sunday, I should say, and just beat the living crap out of the next team. And so I like him. I think that's why he's a good front runner. And if we get him, I'd be hyped too, man. Like, I mean, dude, the guy has a sideline hold me back guy. What else can you ask for? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, so does Sean McVay. But honestly, to try and hold back Salah is just like a freaking challenge. You see that? That dude is jacked. <laughs> like, absolutely jacked. Um, he probably can suit up and be DN for the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and don't forget, um, one of the... Reasons why Watson is um, angry with Houston is because of Eric B. They wouldn't even interview him until he made it public. So Eric B. Enemy is one of uh, the guys. There was some uh, stuff today floating around Twitter that um, teams aren't interested again in him this year. They're um, they're not impressed with the fact that Andy Reid kind of runs the offense, um, even though he tries to put out there. Like he, he likes to try to hide the ball as to who's calling the plays. You know what I mean? To try to like uh, shield his guys, uh, but that—that's apparently that's the problem, and it's apparently been the same problem uh, coming through. But it's funny you—you you, you want that you want that head coach, but none of the guys you mentioned really have head coaching experience, and that's kind of a little bit what I'm worried about. Um, and everyone like freaked out once they said Marvin Lewis, but we at least know he could run a program. I know he doesn't win in the playoffs, but maybe that had a little bit something to do with the actual personnel. Uh, Jared, what do you what do you got uh, with the head coach situation? My top two choices were Bienemy and Arthur Smith. I saw Sala was brought in for a second interview, and you know, at first, I I, I didn't want another defensive guy because we we've been down this rabbit hole. You know, we need an, we need an offensive guy. But look, if Sala, if the rumors were true that he's bringing. Le- Floor, Kafka, and McDaniel with him. Come on, like let's go. <laughs> that, that's the whole to... thing, dude. That's the whole thing, yo. If you're bringing Kafka or Lafleur, man, like I, it, it just, <laughs> man, it's like bizarro world of Adam Gase and Greg Williams to me. Yeah. And, that, and and here's the thing, and this is why I don't really care about coordinators, uh, whether you're a defensive or offensive coordinator. It's you know, and I, I'm going to shift this over to the Knicks for a little bit because we look at the new front office that they have with Leon Rose, right? The one thing that Leon Rose is is diligent, and he brings in a team that knows that have skill sets that he doesn't have to make like a good team, right? 
He doesn't act like he knows everything. He brings people in. And if Salah is the type of guy who's like, I don't know everything, and I want to bring people in that do know something and help me, that's the type of mindset that I need because that's a true head coach. He's bringing in a group of people to work with him and to actually like create a team, create a team environment, get different ideas in there. And that's how you learn, man. No, no one's going to know everything when they come in. I don't really care if you have head coaching experience or not. We Adam Gase had head coaching experience. And look what the hell that brought. Uh, Marvin Lewis has head coaching experience. He sucked. Okay. So sometimes, you know, guy like you get guys who just never had head coaching experience and they become great, you know? They had to take a chance on Bill Belichick, who was a D coordinator at some point, to become a good head coach. And so I, I don't really care if they never had head coaching experience. Some people have are just able to understand what it means to be a leader and, and just to, you know, truly manage people. And that's what I want out of somebody. I don't need this this freaking great head <laughs> coach who's like, I I'm the ultimate chess player, I know everything. No, I don't need that. I just need a guy who work on a good team and just how to like get guys going. Adam Gaze didn't do it. We haven't had like the, the fall with Rex Ryan, and I think this is what comes with the stand, even like like Mangini tried to be too much like Belichick and didn't really know how to be himself. Like Salah seems like a guy who just wants to be himself. Rex Ryan was himself, but he didn't really understand how that he couldn't be too buddy-buddy. There has to be someone who can hold people accountable. And I think Salah holds people accountable because look at that defense that he runs. Like the 49ers may have lost, but that defense was still running like pretty damn well. So if he's the type of guy, I'm not, and this is not promoting Salah, but if he's a good guy, who, if he's a good person who can just do that type of stuff i'm fine with that but i will say this no douglas no marvin lewis i do not want to see them on this team what uh, not not, not doug, doug peterson doug peterson. Doug, peterson. Doug peterson yeah doug peterson i do not want to see peterson but he's a champion man he's a champion yeah so is nick Foles. who do we want <laughs> <laughs> yo we're trying to get nick Foles on the team right now is that what he just That's, said to me <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm with you man i don't want peterson either he has a statue guys he has a statue in philly yeah, so is Nick Foles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Big I, Nick, come on. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Um, I mean, I, I agree with you guys. Really, on the um, I'll take Robert Sala. Um, give me him and Joe Douglas. Like that sounds good to me. Give me an offensive coordinator that he brings in, like Lafleur. That's fine. I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see what Joe. I'm really, I'm telling you right now. And I can be honest about this. No matter who Joe Douglas picks, I'm going to be hyped. So because I just trust him. I really, I really, really, really trust him. Just like anything that Leon Rose is doing right now, I'm going to trust. Anything that Tibbs is doing, I'm going to trust. Even though he doesn't play half the team and he puts Alfred Payton in and doesn't even play point guard, I still trust him for some weird reason. So like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm just like, like that's the that, that's really the that's really how I feel about the head coach's situation right now. I do want Salah. Just so we can get the ball rolling. And, I mean, he, he was around Kyle Shanahan and around San Francisco who, I mean, they really did a, a lot with nothing the past couple of years. And he's been, and he, he's seen mediocre quarterbacks for a long time in San Francisco. I just feel like he, he he's going to know what he's looking at. Like, in, in some weird way. Like, he's going to look at Sam Darnold and be like, all right, you're mediocre or you're not. Like, you know what I mean? It drives me nuts that Adam Gase and, and Logan's when they came in here and they talked so highly of Sam Darnold and how amazing he is and all this stuff. And then they limited him during the entire year with, with the playbook. That bothered me so much. And what also bothers me um, and why the coordinators are so important 
sometimes a little bit more important than the head coach when it comes to like, oh, do I want a defensive head coach, an offensive head coach? Like, like you said, Alex, we just need a leader in the building. But a couple of times it's been mentioned now from a couple of podcasts I listen to, a couple of things that I read. Most recently, it's I've uh, it was from uh, Coach Fisher. Jeff Fisher was on a, a podcast the other day that I listened to, and he was talking about he he, he kind of alluded to it how. The Sam Darnold seeing ghost thing was mostly about what he sees in practice from Greg Williams. And that was also mentioned again uh, during the year. People were talking about once Greg Williams is on the hot seat, people were talking about how Greg Williams during practice is ridiculous and he shows these weird packages and he never actually helps the offense. And so I just need a – I just need – an offensive coordinator, because like Salah would run the defense in this scenario. I, I just need everyone to be on the same page. And that and that's all with leadership. Like, look at the Giants, dude. Look at the Giants. The Giants have nobody. <laughs> yo, the Giants have the worst roster ever. I'm watching every Giants game, like, yo, they're about they're like I, I I believe in them. Like before every game, I'm like, yo, they got this game. Why? Their quarterback is addicted to turnovers, literally addicted to them, and they have nobody on the squad. Saquon Barkley is hurt all year. They have no wide receivers. Their tight end can't catch. They have no offensive line. Like, why do I trust them? Because of their head coach. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true, you know, like you, you can see that it's a well-ran organization and, you know, the Giants, whether they're, they've won two more recently than the Jets have. So we get that. But, you know, that also comes from like being that comes from like top down. And I actually want to transfer this over to, to Jared, who wrote a piece a, a while back about how, uh, you know, the, the Jets for a long time have had the, the GM and the head coach on the same level. And it comes from like. You know, this, this, the change has to change in how leadership runs an organization. And we've seen from years past, right, uh, what's, uh, what is it? Uh, we've seen in years past, like, how the Jets just like to keep everyone on the same level, like to make a lot of decisions, right? But Jared pointed something out in that they need to separate the GM and the coach from being the same level, and the GM has to be the GM, and the coach has to be below, the, <laughs> the coach, head coach has to be below the GM. So that we have this hierarchy and chain and, and chain of command who like the GM supposed to see everything, help make make the decisions, not the owner, not the owner supposed to make the decision for both and let a consulting firm really do this. And Jared wrote about that uh, wonderfully for, for Jet Press. So, Jared, I, I just want to I want you to expand a little bit more on that. Like what gave you the idea to, to talk about that, to, to bring that up? Because it, it is it has been known. Right. Let's talk about that first. Why did you decide to write it? Well, for because I. I didn't see that anybody else did write about it. So I saw a window there, but you know, I, I just, it, it's, it's always something that's, you know, the Johnsons aren't football people. <laughs> so they don't, they should, they shouldn't be in the, in the bit, like they don't know clearly what it takes to have a winning team around them. And, you know, this didn't work with Rex Ryan and Idzik. It didn't work with McCagnan and, and Bowles and it didn't work with McCagnan and Gaze. Like something's not working. Something's got to give. So I was actually going to chime in and say that I'm kind of, I'm really relieved now that the Johnsons seem to be staying out of the way and they're letting Joe Douglas spearhead the search. You know, they're obviously going to have their input, which is fine, 
but I'm glad that Joe Douglas is kind of leading the charge here. And so a football person will make the right football decisions. And like John said, I trust him. Yeah, for sure. So I think we can all say that we're on the same page where it's like when you hear, and it's not unusual for football organizations to use a consulting firm to help with hiring, but was that also concerning with you? It's like that, that the fact that they had to use a, a hiring firm instead of just hiring a GM that was just understood football, like, yes, they, sense, you know, they went with the hiring firm. Yeah. They went with the hiring firm and then they went with um, Charlie Casserly, who recommended McCagden, I believe. And it's just, what are you doing? You know, so I'm just, I'm relieved that they actually have somebody that knows football and is versed in the game, yet, you know, making a decision and like this. And moreover, I'm glad that this person, I hope that whoever Douglas chooses will be somebody that can work in sync with him because, you know, I really know that we all noticed it with Rex Ryan and John Idzik that that didn't work and they weren't connecting. <laughs> that was the most, that's the most blatant thing. That's the most blatant that came right off the top of my head. But, you know, the head coach and the GM need to connect. And, you know, that's something that really hasn't been happening. So I just, I hope that changes. For sure. And like we saw that even with, uh, Cagnan and Bowles, they were just kind of working together, but not really like there was no relationship, right? Not not a true relationship of just being in sync and on the same page. We saw it with, obviously we saw that not only with Mac and Bowles, we saw it with Mac and Gase and then, I don't even know, like it didn't seem like even Douglas and Gase really had a relationship. Like they were never like really close to each other. Like Douglas was just doing the, the proper PR like, yeah, we're working with Gase da 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 da, doing everything. Like just not trying to look like an ass and make a a, a, a a clown show out of the Jets. So it's good, right, as, as you pointed out, that we see a GM that's going to have the chance to choose the head coach, someone that he trusts, that he believes in, that he can work with. And Douglas is a football person, so he knows how to connect with other football people. So it makes sense, right? We're not having, like, two guys come together in, like, some arranged marriage and just like, hey, you're supposed to like each other. Make it work. <laughs> Uh, right. And you have to, you know, this is only this is going to be Douglas only his second draft that he's overseeing because they fired McCagnin a month or two after the draft. And Douglas came in right after that. It's, you know, brilliance. The, <laughs> absolute brilliance. But before we before we finish this conversation about your piece, uh, a certain beat writer for The New York Post decided to counter your piece, which. I thought it was very interesting that it came out not not a day, not even seven hours. It was like a few hours afterwards that he two retorted. hours. It was, it, it was he retorted to your piece on how other organizations, and it's sad that he had to choose two organizations that have sucked for so long, like the Detroit Lions or the Cleveland Browns. So I guess he couldn't connect the dots where it's like maybe this isn't a good idea. Like sure, I had the Browns as a sleeper team, and then now. In the second round of the playoffs, which is just, I don't even, I, I honestly, I'm still just shocked that they keep falling up, but that's another story. Um, but yeah, no, so let's talk about that. So, how did you feel, man, when you saw someone retorted your piece? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, clearly they read it. I wasn't mentioned, so I obviously, I can't prove, I can't prove it, but. 
clearly they read it because mine, you know, mine was posted around 5.30. This thing came up less than two hours later. Clearly it was read. And it's, it's not something that you randomly, that somebody would randomly just write about, like, why the power structure doesn't matter. And so I'm flattered. I mean, <laughs> I'm flattered, but it, you can't retweet me. Like, come on. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all right. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, but I was right and he was wrong. <laughs> Definitely. That, that's a fact. Uh, because I read that piece and it was poorly written. Not a surprise. With no real, uh, no real like connection of saying this is how it was successful. It was just saying other two, two. It's like saying you know, it just said two other teams did it, and it's like okay, two people jumped off the fucking Brooklyn Bridge and killed themselves. You want me to go do that too? No. Okay, cool. What the end of the story? This is a terrible piece. What are we even doing here? It was like Manish Meta type of like level of just like poor writing. Um, at least give me some sort of like logic behind it. Just don't say two other people did it. I don't know. And comparing yourself to the Lions head coaching search in a good way is tough. Yeah, right? It's like, okay. Like, all right. It's tough. The two it's tough. This is, what did the Browns do the last 20 years? Oh. These, these two other organizations did the same thing the Jets are doing. Okay. Like, where's it getting them? Yeah, no. It, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But... That was a shameless. That was a, yeah, definitely a shameless plug into the Jet Press. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. We had we had, we definitely had to let the people know that we notice you guys. We notice you Jet beat writers. We notice what you guys are doing. We know you're reading our stuff, and you should continue to do it. But just you know, just just credit us, man. Just, just a little retweet never hurt anyone. Look, man, we're you know we, we, we love the team too. We actually <laughs> we don't want to freaking beat down on the team. <laughs> we're looking we're looking for credentials too, man. We're looking for credentials too. Anyway. That about wraps it up for uh for like the the recap of the season, um really like what we're looking forward to in this off season. I look forward to real mock drafts by us, um not by Tankathon, uh for us looking at the teams and the players that we like um, as things uh you know players are starting to declare injuries, um, history on players tape. It's going to be amazing. Best time of the year. Draft is in April. Coach is coming. It's going to be great, man. Jared, thank you so much for coming um, and spending the Jets time with us. And um, it's time for uh, the Etc. portion where we're going to talk about actual playoff football, something that we haven't smelled in a long time, man. What's that? Yeah, yeah, right? Okay. But before we get to the playoff talk, let's take a quick little break. All right, everyone, and we're back from the break. And now for the et cetera portion, we've got to talk about some NFL playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you like come on, whisper in your ear. Yeah, NFL. Playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we got some playoffs, man. And I'm kind of upset we didn't get to talk about uh, last week, but it's all good, man. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. We all, we all have – we all have – as you as you said at the top, man, like you had family stuff. I'm glad everything's going well, man. Glad everything's good with your family moving forward. Um, but let's talk about these games, man. 
We got the. Can we start with the first one? I really can't wait because because Tom Brady tweeted this and it was this old man picture of these two. I freaking love it, man. Yo, that was that was high level tweeting from Tom Brady, and just to have him on the History Channel with the beards, like ancient, like old guys. Great. It was great. This is, this okay, is uh, uh, Alex, Alex, if 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 our boy Greg Albert. Another fellow Sunni Albany alum is listening to us right now. He would throw up, absolutely throw up, listening to you talk anything positive about Tom Brady right now. Talk about how charming he is on the social media. He'd be, he'd be throwing up right now. He, I'll say this: Tom Brady usually fails on social media, like big time, like big time fail. It's not even like close. But I had. I gotta be fair, man. I gotta give credit to where credit's due. This was just like I like I laughed, like I died, like I was like taking a break and I, like from work, and I was just scrolling, and I just saw this. I was like, I legit dropped my phone laughing because I just could not believe what the fuck I just saw. So high high class. We got the ancient, we got the dinosaurs going at it. The old men. The this is really like true history channel. We can't even believe it. These guys were probably around during World War II fighting it out. So we got Tom Brady going against Drew Brees matchup. Of the NFC South, fellas, what do we got? Yeah, we got Tam- well, it's Tampa plus three, man. Tampa's catching three points, and that's the this is the last game of the of the while of this weekend, meaning that this is what the NFL um, is kind of headlining, mm-hmm. right? And um, I don't know, man. First of all, Tom Brady does not look good at night, but this is at six forty. So it's kind, of, it's, it's, it's kind, of, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of getting there. I mean, come on, man, he's old. He has to go to bed by like, <laughs> like eight o'clock, nine o'clock is kind of like his bedtime. <laughs> I, I get it's a bit of a wash, to be honest with you. Um, I really, I really dislike this New Orleans Saints team. Uh, I, I really do not believe in Drew Brees and his uh, nineteen broken ribs. He has more ribs than all of us combined, apparently, because they all keep breaking every week. Uh, I I hate what they're doing to Jameis Winston. Um, I I don't think Michael Thomas likes Drew Brees at all. Like I, I, things are weird over there right now. Uh, Sean Payton is weird in the playoffs. You're gonna give me Tom Brady plus three, man? How could I not take that? Like seriously, how could I not take that? So uh, I give me Tampa. I think they're gonna win straight up, honestly. Jared, what do you got, man? I agree. I uh, I don't know. I think Tampa takes it. I think uh, I like these Brady Breeze matchups, but I think uh, I don't. I don't know about the continuity sometimes, like this late in the season between Breeze and Thomas. So yeah, I, I like Tampa. Also, what about you? Well, yeah, I, I like Tampa. I mean, I, I, I've seen them. But what they did last week, I just kept putting up points. Although I, we have to talk about how Washington maybe found a quarterback just somehow in the playoffs. That was just freaking miraculous. I, I don't even know how that worked. But uh, that was a good game. Like Tom Brady was putting up points, had two touchdowns. So I got Tom Brady. He looks, he looks like Tom Brady still. So Drew Brees is kind of looking like he needs to retire at this point. So oh, they have to stop Alvin Kamara, man. He's not going to get six touchdowns again. No, and I don't really care to see so because it's not fantasy anymore. So (laughs) on to the next one. We got we got Green Bay going against the L.A. Rams. So we got Jared Goff going against Aaron or Aaron Rodgers. So 
Yeah, definitely AA Ron. Show him some respect. The AA Ron. The AA Ron uh, is going to come out here and demolish the LA Rams. So I don't, I don't know what more analysis I need to give you for that. I, I just don't see this. Like, I don't know. All right. Well, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Here we go. Hear me out. Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is going to be holding down Devontae Adams. The Packers are really not good without Devontae Adams. The other wide receivers are kind of stinky. Their their offensive tackle, their offensive their offensive tackle has COVID nineteen. Okay. It, though, like that, that that's an issue when you're going against uh, Aaron Donald, even though he's a little bit hurt. I, 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 I just I don't know if it's going to be a blowout. I just don't know. I, I, okay, I'll, I'll give you that. It won't be a blowout. It's plus six and a half. It's plus six and a half. Do, do the Green Bay win by a touchdown? Yes, I do see the touchdown. All right. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of leaning Rams because I know the entire planet is going to be on the Packers. You make no sense, bro. This man constantly says, I can't get a pulse on the Rams, but somehow you keep betting on the Rams. I I, I know. I keep – I'll never get them right, so that probably means that Green Bay is going to get them. But I just feel like the Rams are going to win this game, even though, obviously, the entire planet wants to see – Aaron Rodgers versus either Tom Brady or Drew Brees, including myself. I just think they'll cover the six and a half, dude. You know, Aaron Rodgers will win. I just six and a half is fine. A little, a little Mason crosshairs field goal at the end of the game. You know what I mean? That sounds right. Okay, okay, okay. Come on, Jared. What do you got, man? You got you got to chime in on this. Yeah, I I did bet on the. I did not bet, but I did. I predicted the Rams to win last week. I thought they would be. I thought they would beat Seattle, but I think this is, it's the end of the line. I see, I think they'll win. I think the Packers will win by more than a touchdown. I, th- I think it'll probably be a 10 to 12 point win for them. Wow. Okay. 10 to 12 point win. That was, I, I, I don't know if I'd love to see it, but I'd be interested to see that just because what John pointed out, uh, you got Jalen Ramsey going to cover, uh, Devonta Adams. And if you're missing your top tackle for, uh, due to COVID and you got, Donald on the on the line. It's gonna be tough, but I could see Aaron Rodgers just lighting it up, still airing it all out. He'll Were you impressed by Green Bay? Time. Go ahead, go ahead. What are you gonna say? Are you impressed by Green Bay this year, Jared? I'm impressed by Aaron Rodgers always. <laughs> of course, of course, me too, me too. Oh, of course, me too, me too. To be honest, like I love Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think I just don't think he's gonna cover six and a half. I just don't love the team. I think the team is fraudulent. I love the quarterback. What do you want me to do? I gotta I'm, tell I'm you, being objective. Rodgers will Rodgers will just start throwing dimes to a receiver who nobody knows about, and then and then his and name like is Vontez Scantling, and he can't catch. <laughs> his name is Alan Lazard, the lizard. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the fantasy footballers. Um, yeah, he's going to find somebody. He's going to find somebody. Um, but I, I think we all got Packers winning uh, on this one. I think just by varying degrees. Jared's got uh, a large 10, 12-point spread. I got I, – I, I'm more seeing just like a touchdown, just calling it a day. And I think John's on that pace too. Uh, but let's move on to the next one. We got the actual Mahomes, not the Mormon Mahomes. We got the actual Mahomes going against the somehow falling up Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns fans, if you're listening to this podcast, because John and I did do, were on a Cleveland Browns podcast for 
uh, the SB Nation pod. Uh, I don't know how you guys have done it. You guys have done the impossible. This is really a true turning sign for like 2021 and 2020. There's just a year in a nutshell. The fact that the Browns are in the playoffs really, really, really describes what 2020 and 2021 has turned out to be. Thank you. Thank you for showing that there is hope. Because me as a Knicks fan and John and us as a Jets fan, actually all of us, we're all Knicks fans and Jets fans, we are now inspired. So anyway, we got the Chiefs going against the Cleveland Browns. And... I got the Chiefs. I don't know how else I could just say. I don't know how you can minus ten, minus ten. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Eleven? Yeah. They gonna win by eleven? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> They've had a lot of close games this year. All right, Jared, what do you got? If you know me, I'll I'll DM you guys a story when we're done about my trip to the Jets Browns game in Cleveland a couple of years ago, but. <laughs> I'm so happy you did not say Jets to Kansas City because that was such a tough game. It's a, no. such a tough road game. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you guys a story later. But I, I don't like the Browns. I think the Chiefs win this one handily. They're going to win big. I think, yeah. like you know, it was it, it was Pittsburgh has been a jo- Pittsburgh not not a joke, but I think Pittsburgh was very overrated all year. The Browns obviously took advantage. They wanted to win that game more, but. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and this is this this is it's the end of the road for the Browns. You got your first playoff win, very nice, but they're not getting past KC. I I, I see KC winning by three scores, to be honest with you. God damn, I can see that, but my goodness. I mean, Andy Reid off a bye. Andy Reid off a bye. Oh, that's true. This, yeah, yeah, Jared's right. God damn it. All right. Okay, fine. Uh, That'll be my one chalk pick. <laughs> That'll be my one chalk pick. I'm, 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 I'm with Kansas City minus ten, and first half too. Okay, so now we got the last one. Looks like we got Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills. Is that what I got on this doc right here? Yeah, Baltimore at Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo is minus two and a half. What do you got, man? What do you got? Yeah, Buffalo. Buff- yeah, Buffalo's a favorite, dude. Uh, this is such a weird world. Jesus Christ. Do you have Buffalo by field goal at home with fans in in New York where I can't even get a sandwich inside? They're, Buffalo's got fans, and it's, oh, my goodness. Buffalo's winning. Write it down. Josh Allen's coming. They might have more fans this week because last week it was 7,000. They may have more because it's the next round. I don't know. I, I think it's just uh, – so I have a friend out uh, in Buffalo, um, season ticket holder. So so it went by seniority for the last game uh, with the six or 7,000 like you mentioned. And so some people weren't able to get it. Now this time around, the season ticket holders that applied last time have to wait on a waiting right. list until the rest go. So I still think it's the same amount of people, just different uh, season ticket holders, which honestly – that keeps the energy so high, you know what I mean? Because like now you all, now you have a bunch of new people who have never been, you know, who are still uh, experiencing their first play, you know, the first playoff game for the Buffalo at home, first game this year. So it's like that they still have that like brand new energy. So, man, I'm I keep I'm so damn jealous of Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Bills, man. I hate myself. <laughs> I, 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 like I'm so like I, I you want to hear a story? I I was at that. Fitzpatrick 
uh, Buffalo Bills Week 17 Rex Ryan game where we threw those two picks to Decker and missed the playoffs uh, off still that six-game win streak. Damn, man. I, I still like that game still hurts me, and I'm still jealous of the Buffalo Bills. That's how that's how torn apart my insides are. John, there there has to be like every other podcast where John has to bring up this freaking torturous interception where the cornerback's just pointing at De- Decker and he's like, it's going over here, and the Into comes, and it's like not and as John says, not one, two times. Two times. It's like it's like it's like I, I've moved on from mentioning Doug Bryan every day in my life, and now I can't stop mentioning that game. So the, it's really just like the next tragedy will come by, and then I'll, I'll I'll not be able to stop talking about that one either for the Jets. If you listen, if you listen to this podcast, there are two things you'll always hear John talk, John talk about. For the Jets, it's always about Decker and the two interceptions, not the one, the two. And if you listen to the next podcast, it's we need a point guard. The two things you can guarantee that we're going to hear from John. Every <laughs> Yo, tattoo time. that on my head. We need a point guard. Tattoo that on my head. The dudes, today was the worst game of my life, dude. No one is moving around. Don't even get me started, yo. I was dying watching that game. We need a, I will trade my kidney for Ben Simmons. Please. <laughs> John will actually go trade his kidney for Ben Simmons, people. This is a concern. We are highly concerned. But uh, I might trade mine for an edge rusher for the Jets. <laughs> Let's go. That's two kidneys right there, bro. Come on. <laughs> so I think we all got Bills Mafia winning this one against the Ravens, which will be the battle of the quarterbacks from the two the, from the same draft class. You know, it's interesting. Can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? I think Baltimore's gonna win. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But it's interesting from this draft class. We got three of the same quarterbacks from the same one Darnold's in. We got we got Jackson, we got Lamar Jackson, we got Josh Allen, we got Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's so shocking that the two touted ones, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, are not even in this. But who knows? There's still hope for Darnold. There's still hope for Darnold. I got faith in you, bro. I got faith. If you listen to this podcast, please subscribe. Give us a five star, Darnold. All right. Even come on, come on, come talk to us. We got faith in you. John will get a tattoo on his forehead of you too. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not going to get a, a tattoo of my wife in a Sam Darnold jersey on my on my body like Rex Ryan. Ooh, I'm okay. definitely not going to do that. Oh, but <laughs> but yo, is, let's let, let's. I don't want to see him dribbling a basketball either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's true. But yo, come, coming back to this game for a second, dude. Baltimore has been really hard to stop. Okay, and they've had. Kansas, I know this is like this is like not really to do with the game of football, but they've had Kansas City in their markings from last year. Like I really do want to see that um that rematch of Baltimore and Kansas City, even though the Bills game would be good. But hear me out on this, man. Buffalo doesn't like with Zach Moss out, I know they just got Devontae Freeman from the practice squad. I don't know how much he's gonna be able to really help. You know, just he hasn't played football in a long time. With no running game. And if they're able to hold down digs, you know, they have they have Marcus Peters, they got Marlon Humphrey, they have they have really good DBs. Um if they're able to hold down, you know, Josh Allen can get erratic sometimes. If they could hold them, if they could hold if they have no running game, you know, with Singletary just being back there kind of alone, if they could hold down the Stefan Diggs and, you know, Cole Beasley, like uh, I don't know. I, I I think Baltimore is really hot right now. The fact that they're getting two and a half points. 
I, 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 to be, I really like Baltimore, to be honest. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I like Baltimore. If I'm, they're, they're too hot right now. And as we know in the playoffs, it's all about who's hot right now. I know, I know the Buffalo Bills are also hot, but the Ravens have just been unstoppable, dude. And beating the Titans last, getting over the Titans hump was big for them. They, they, they lost to them in the playoffs last year, and then they had that scuffle with the, with the logo, and then they got smashed by them, you know, during the season. It was a big win for them. Nah, that's true. That's true. Nah, I, I think I'm going to go with Bills, though. I think Josh Allen is just such a gamer. Although, I will say this. I would love to see Lamar Jackson win. I would, I'm more so wanting to see Lamar Jackson win. I just think the Bills were. Just being trying to be objective. Just because from what, what I've seen from them as like being a more consistent offensive team than the Ravens, I, I, I will lean on that. Defensively, the Bills aren't there. Ravens' defense is just stout. But I think if you're even... If you're even on both sides, where you're just consistent, and you're, I think that consistency can beat uh, just one side that's elite. So that's just my opinion. If Jared, you got anything else to add to this? This is ever since the day you hit me up to come on this show. This is the one game I've been agonizing about protecting. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't, it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a good game regardless. I, I see it, however it goes, it'll be, it'll be within a field goal, in my opinion. You know, I, you know, you can't beat the energy that, that Bill's Mafia is going to have. I, I see Buffalo winning it by a field goal or less. Okay. All I know is this. If there's going to be fans in Buffalo, there's going to be back orders of tables. Tables. <laughs> tables. There's going to be a back order. Okay. We already had a, there's a supply chain issue already because of COVID. Supply chain for folding tables is about to go through the roof. That's all I know. That's all I know. But I think on that note, I think we all, I, I think we all got it. Uh, we got John who thinks the Ravens. Jared and I think uh, Buffalo. And, and I think that wraps it up for the et cetera portion. Anyone else got anything to add? No, I like the unders in uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, under 50, and uh, under 51 and a half in Tampa, New Orleans. Okay. All right. All right. Sweet. So then, uh, Jared, thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, please let the, the folks out there who listen to this podcast know that where they can find you. You can um, read my articles at the Jet Press, K. Jared Wright, and you can follow me on Twitter at KW867233. And yes, guys, I use my Albany ID for everything still. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing, actually. <laughs> yes. That is great. That's, a, that's, 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 that's treasure right there. That's a treasure. Awesome. But, um, Jared. No, I just wanted to say, Alex, I love reading your articles. John, I'm looking forward to see what you're, what you put out with the Jet Press. And um, I love this show, man. I love what you guys are doing. So keep pushing. Appreciate it, man. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to reading more Jets articles from you, Matt, now that you're, you got a break from school, from journalism school. Our man over here is going to journalism school. SUNY Albany Rep, Jet Press, Fan Sided Network. We're all in the network together. We're all too connected. But it's great. We're about to yeah, we can also spread spread the propaganda. Spread the propaganda. <laughs> yeah, we can also also we can also find Jared in the parking lot at MetLife next year, baby. Let's go. There we go. We'll do a game. We got to do a game. There we go. Nice. I'll be there, man. I'll be there. I'll be there like an idiot every single Sunday morning. 
<laughs> we'll get all of our boys. We'll get this game. We can, we can do it up, man. We'll get we'll get choice out there, all right? Definitely. But everyone, thank you, thank you again, Jared. Thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Please make sure to leave us a five star review if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. And also leave a comment section for us. Let us know what you think about it, what we can do, all that type of stuff. Also, we're on all social media platforms. We're on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook. If you want to connect with us, hit up us at all those places, man. Leave a comment, like, share, do whatever. We're trying to do as much as we can. We want to create this community. We want to keep pushing it forward. Thank you, everyone. Catch us next week for another next episode. All right, because there's a lot to talk about. All right.